0: Outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSE Podcast, episode number 317. Andrew with you once again. Joined once again this week by Derek, a.k.a. Diva3 in the forum.
1: Hey, Thanks for having me. Um, through this drought of having no NBA to watch or and whatnot, I've been doing a lot more modding, which we'll get into during this show. Um, but, yeah, it's been kind of nice to jump back into that.
0: Nice to have you back on this week. Uh, last week's show, of course, episode 316. It's kind of our numbers work, after all. That was at my interview with uh, with Darren Shuler. I know I sent that along to you, uh, actually, before it even got posted. And, uh, yeah, it was quite fun to talk to Darren and get those insights into the, the uh, classic versions of NBA Live.
1: I thought it was great. Um, I think my favorite part, there was a couple of great parts on it that um, really stood out to me. I think one of them was the fact that he didn't, love basketball when he um ended up working on nba live 97 and now he loves it a little bit more obviously and he started following it a little bit more um after working on the game and that he was kind of the rookie on the team and they played a lot of pranks on him and whatnot uh i I thought the whole interview was cool and i like how um excited he got you know talking about his time um with EA and working on those games uh, I, I recommend it to anybody who hasn't listened to it
0: definitely, thank you very much it was definitely fun to do and uh, if you did stop listening people after the uh, after the outro music started to play stick around because there is a little easter egg in there if, just in case you missed it a uh, bit of an extra funny story there but yeah, I thought it was, it was really cool actually to actually hear about the DBF files and that they weren't re- really put in there for modding purposes originally, it's, it's serendipity as he said and it's kind of how modding goes really and we'll no doubt talk about that as we get into that uh, a little bit later on in the show but a lot of those discoveries are happy accidents when it comes to modding so even the the system that allowed us to make all those great roster mods for nba live was itself a happy accident so i was not disappointed at all to hear that and and as to the point about uh darren not playing uh basketball games or really being into basketball again it shows you that you need those great coders to work on the nuts and bolts of the game. And you, as long as you've got those people who know about basketball driving the, the project and, and pointing out these things, of what we need to do, and what needs to be done on, on the games, it all comes together. So it's uh, it's not just a case of, of everybody having to have a great basketball mind to make a great basketball game.
1: Right. And, and you know, it's funny about the DBF files thing. Um, we, we had talked about this in the past, I think it was a couple of years ago, where, you know, I had mentioned to you, you know, I wonder if, the people who work on 2k play my mod you know what i mean or they play my roster or do they keep an eye on the forums and everything like that and i think modding has become so recognized now um and it's so out there you know at the height of social media on youtube and everything uh and there's also people from the community that have been taken to work for 2k like um jasmine um and Leftos and Vlad and whatnot. So uh, now I have no doubt that they play our mods. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they're Razor. using the mod yeah, no, the NLSC. And Razor, yep. Uh, shout out to Razor, who's doing Cyberfaces for 2K20. Um, but you know, now, now I don't have a question. They're in the forums. They're seeing what we're putting out. I, I swear they're influenced by it. By the work as well and they're also keeping an eye out for talent but what's what's interesting is is like you said back then they created that dbf file system and doing that obviously they weren't thinking of modding at the time but then they recognized what the modding community was doing with it and they were impressed
0: oh, by yeah. it yeah
1: and that's kind of and that's kind of the start of all of this right so um i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of work done by the community even back then influenced some changes with the series or some implementations and whatnot
0: oh definitely the whole idea of custom art being able to just place those files into the folders in the nba live main folder and in the art folders and be able to have the game read those instead of have to the the viv files the container files which we were able to import things to, but it was always more dangerous if you installed a mod that you didn't like you basically had to restore the original file and then reinstall those at previous mods that you'd installed just to get rid of one so there were little things like that that custom art really well that's just a big thing but uh, you know not a little thing at all definitely a big thing but things like that that weren't necessarily advertised because they're pc only and the nba is obviously not too thrilled about modding so it's one of those things you have to keep very quiet to a certain extent certainly at least as far as openly uh, bragging about or (laughs) advertising these these features but they have helped us over the years there's been things you look at the the archives for 2k how they're very organized and everything and how the the explorer the 2k17 explorer by a Great k waste has been able to be used for a few years in in a row now without having to really do anything although there's there's some compatibility issues with the recent games as you know as far as sometimes viewing some of the textures but apart from that it still works so it's it's been very convenient and that's obviously been done very quietly to help us out and it's it's something we do appreciate and you're right obviously there's people from the community so they know about modding it's become a big thing And, and even people who've been playing on console for many years have gotten into pc and i think you've even mentioned it before seeing what you can do with the modding it's it's what draws people in, and it's and people are saying, "Oh, okay, that's why you do play on PC because you can you can do so much more than with with all these great extra content and user generated content that you can kind of do on some versions of the console console releases, but for the most part, it's a PC thing."
1: Yeah, there's a couple things with that. First off, um, another thing that stood out before I touch on that in the interview was him talking. W- what impressed me was um, his 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 talk about having to be disciplined about how he can be deep into working on a layout or new programming for the game and somebody, you know, who he's, you know, doing programming for or or whatnot comes up to him and says, you know, we want this moved over three pixels. Um, and he has to basically stop what he's doing and no matter how insignificant he thinks that is and how it doesn't matter to him, he would do it. You know what I mean? For yeah, the greater sure. good of the game and and that 's what a lot of us have to do on our daily jobs right there's a lot of things that I have to do at my job that that um, I think that may not be necessary or it doesn 't appeal to me, but I have to do it for the greater good of the company, so him talking about that discipline and you know how he had to handle his role and um and what he had to do and stuff, I think it resonates with anybody who you know is working. <laughs> Different. Or has worked before. so. But modding-wise, um, yeah, I think, the, I think the thing with modding is, of course, that's what got me into PC gaming, is it really stands out. And it can be just something as, as simple as, the game is vanilla, but it has a scoreboard that you don't see normally. It can be just one ESPN scoreboard or a TNT scoreboard, and that could make somebody get into PC gaming. You know, I want that TNT presentation, I want that yes, presentation. Yeah,
0: I mean, people do. Yeah. People do a video on YouTube playing with the PC version, and people say, "What's that scoreboard?" You know, to your point, that's that's different. How would how you get Charles Barkley in the game? You know, he's not in the game. Is he unlockable? And oh no, no, this is this is modding, and we actually have a face file for him because you can put the face, custom face files, the textures, and head shapes, and everything into and body models into the game in PC. So that's it. Certainly, people do notice that, and and even on the PC version. It, there's, there's one thing that people ask in the forum a lot, it's uh, which global are you using? Because they notice somebody's lighting looks a bit different <laughs> or things like that or their accessories or something are more detailed. So people, people notice when it's not the vanilla game or even if there's just a few details, as you said, that, that are not the vanilla.
1: People, uh, well, it's funny, on Operation Sports, there was kind of a feud. I almost would consider it a battle between modders and console players. And the reason is is because... Um, the screenshot section. So there's two, there's two sections on operation sports for NBA 2K basketball. There's NBA 2K basketball, which is supposed to be just, you know, just NBA 2K basketball. And then there's also NBA 2K PC forum, Mm. but all the people that post screenshots, where do you think they post them? They post them on the NBA 2K basketball section, which not the PC forum. Mm. So, Basically, what's happening is is the screenshot thread is flooded with almost all PC mods. Like sounds, the, like
0: else. <laughs> sounds like Alice. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. There, yeah. So you have people um, who don't play on PC being like, listen, why don't you guys post this in the PC folder? Do you know why they don't pay, pay, uh, post those screenshots in the PC section? Because not many people would see them. Mm. Because PC gaming is still really small. Neat. as far as a population goes, compared to console gamers. So they want people to see their damn screenshots, right? Yeah. Um, so they post them there. So you definitely have, you have that PC crowd that wants to show off the work, but then the console crowd doesn't want to see it because they don't have it. Yeah. So you definitely have that back and forth going. And, and I think that people need to understand that you don't need to break the bank to get into PC gaming. And I even made a thread over on Operation Sports of uh, builds that, you know, run 2K20 perfectly that are not expensive.
0: It's it's, it's one of those stereotypes, I suppose, with PC gaming. And the, look, the whole PC versus console and console versus console and everything. You know, you, you and I, we remember the 90s. We, you know, some people say we remember them too often. Oddly, uh, oddlyly that's true uh we we remember sega versus nintendo and and the the genesis versus super nintendo or well um mega drive as it was here in australia the the battles between their the fanboy arguments they haven't gone away they've just gone to new generations (laughs) they've just evolved with the consoles and and of course it's got it's gotten even worse over the years it's and it's going to get even worse in the future because the specs of the uh, ps5 and xbox series x have just been released so that's what people are arguing about now the minutiae of that and we'll get into that shortly as well since the uh, the specs will come out and it's it is interesting to note but that that is always going to be there and the pc versus console and the, the stereotypes of pc gamers versus the stereotypes of console gamers and the shreds of truth on both sides of those arguments where the the most uh, ardent supporters can be sometimes live up to those stereotypes unfortunately but uh, it's funny because i've always been both i've always had a, a, a current generation console as as throughout the years and i've also had uh i've also gamed on pc on, on a ibm compatible and as it was back in the day and then windows, a windows machine basically so i've always played on both depending on which games came out on which platform and or whether i had a good enough uh, computer at the time and you know <laughs> in the days when it was just a family computer before it was upgraded and before i got into it and could do that kind of stuff myself so yeah it, it's it's silly but it's it's something like anything else that people very take very very seriously as you know,
1: I do the same thing. I have I do console and PC gaming. Um, now primarily PC because of the mods, and because mostly what I play is NBA gaming. So it's NBA games. So I mean, and because I mod myself. So the major, the large majority of my time is on PC, but I still have a PS4 and an Xbox One. And like you had stated, to get those titles. You know, if I was only PC gaming, would I have been able to play any lives? Absolutely not. You <laughs> no, know, any of the lives that were...
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Over the last 12 years or so, I wouldn't have been able to play them. So, of course, I've played all of them, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why I have consoles. Um, I think that one of the problems is, is they say, you know, the... Posi- the, the 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 Basically, and you've heard this before, the snobby PC race. Yes, or PC like, Master
0: Race, yeah. yeah.
1: PC Master Race and whatnot, and you still see those comments and, and whatnot... I don't think I don't think peep, the 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 console gamers who say that stuff truly understand the capables of what we can do on PC. Right? True. I think yeah. that yeah, I think that if more did and more could understand what the reason why we play on PC and the reason why we prefer it and the reason why we say it's a better experience overall and can keep the game fresh and, you know, you're more immersed in it for longer periods of time and whatnot, I think if they knew all that we could do, I, I don't think they'd have the same disposition as uh, they do.
0: Part of it for me, I think that there's obviously a, a trade-off with PC versus console when it comes to basketball gaming, because you do have most of the, the demographic is on console, either these days Xbox One or uh, PlayStation 4, and because you have that larger chunk of the demographic, that larger user base, if you want to play online console is the way to go basically because I've, I've looked at the online scene on pc if you can even get a game obviously there are a lot of hackers there which is not possible on on the console versions as far as i know anyway certainly not as easy as it can be done with cheat engine on pc so that that is the trade-off and then the trade off is, is i think the single player experience can be so much better on pc because of all those mods and and possibly you know some of the less toxicity but I mean, toxicity is, is in, within all gaming communities unfortunately to, to some extent but th- there is that trade-off there and it's why i do get the pc and the console version every year the console to play online and the pc for my uh, own personal use and, and mods if i want to
1: you're 100 percent right though that see that's the thing so the the online we talked about this on a couple of different podcasts the way they push the game is they push people online that's their goal—is to get people online playing. They—they get people to make their builds and go to the park and do all of this, um, you know, head-to-head, the wreck, all of this stuff. And you're right; console has a far bigger population for that. Um, but imagine all the modding that we know now, without the online modes in the game don't you think that a lot more people would go on play on pc
0: i, I think so and, and, and it's actually become a barrier to modding and i mentioned this in the friday five uh last week was the uh the always online and the the online content it because the, only, because the only tools we can use for 2k these days are things like cheat engine which yes you can use for nefarious purposes but also use for roster modding as well if you're not careful you can get pinged for that And ironically, it seems that more people get pinged and banned for using the cheat engine to actually make custom rosters and just do things with an offline save than the people who are actually cheating online, which is kind of frustrating.
1: I think people forget that they're online sometimes.
0: If you're Uh, actually going online, yeah, true, true
1: yeah yeah and i think that some. i think there was somebody in the forum that recently got not recently i think it was for 2k19 that got banned for they said and they said in the forum and i believe them they said i didn't know i was online hmm. and i was messing with my roster and i got banned for using cheat engine
0: and, uh and, and the problem from 2k's end you know there's obviously things that we will criticize 2k for and i will criticize 2k for but as, as far as banning people like that it, it is a bit harsh it is unfair when you look at the circumstances but I mean, I, I've been in that situation as an admin that were being the bad guy. You know, we've we've talked about this uh, off air before, <laughs> certain things that uh, things that flare up from time to time, certain controversies and uh, dramas in the forum. But but certainly when people say when people, people have broken the rules, they've gone off, they've flamed away, they've flamed everybody and caused a nuisance. And then they, they message me, oh, that, that was my little brother or that was my cousin <laughs> who did that. And I'm, sometimes it might be. But, you know, I've heard that one before. So, of course, somebody from two k 's perspective, if they don 't have a a set system in place for appeals, which also which, which would help i don 't think they do, but from their perspective, of course, everybody's going to say oh i was, i was wasn 't using it for any other purposes except for this so i, I do sympathize with two k in that that i 'm sure they 've heard it all before from people who have been cheating and and have claimed not to be, but it is very unfortunate that so many people, and there's usually a couple every year. Like you say, I think the last one was 2K19, that maybe a couple of 2K20, I can't remember the specific threads off the top of my head at the moment, but it does seem that every year or so, there's a few people that get caught out in it. And it's a shame, but it's it's why we have to be so careful with, with uh, modding the rosters for those games.
1: Well, the pro- pro- part of the problem is, is there's such a huge, we talked about over 8 million downloads. There's such a huge gaming population. Um, no, obviously that's not all on um, PC. Um not even close, but there's such a big population that it's very hard to treat these cases individually. It's very hard to give yeah. every single case their individual attention. Um, in fact, it's probably impossible. So, um, like you said, you know, yeah, they probably heard a lot of excuses before a lot of the same excuses, a lot of lies, um, et cetera, but it's, they are in a tough spot to try to police that and to treat every, every case fair and legit. So I understand where things are going to, you know, there's going to be issues with it, and you have to expect that.
0: Yeah. So, but It is what it is. We, we soldier on with modding. There's obviously lots of great mods being made, despite those limitations. I'll admit that I at the moment I'm, I'm very much on a 2K11 kick with modding, wanting to get that 2020 season roster done, and if, if there's one good thing about the season being on hold, it's really fro- it's frozen the roster, so it's made that a little bit easier for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, we talked about that off air. Um, this is probably um, incredibly helpful for roster makers who now they don't have now they can really focus on like the nuts and bolts of a roster and like finalizing it instead of worried about you know what is a team going to pick up Jamal Crawford, you know, or is you know other transactions going to happen, or is somebody going to get injured and etc. For those people that do live living rosters, you know, yeah. and update it throughout like this team team
0: updates? anyone who's ever made a current roster update for any game and throughout the year can attest to this that the moment the roster goes live there'll be something that you i mean it's it's easy enough to overlook things just by being as meticulous as possible but just something slips under the radar but when when, the, when you're releasing a roster during the season the guarantee that every time you update there's going to be someone gets injured and is going to be out of the lineup for ages yet yeah, there they are in the lineup in your roster or there's a trade depending on if it's pretty uh pre-deadline of course or a signing or something and you get a, all these posts all these responses oh you forgot this no check the upload date i, I didn't forget it it's just that unfortunately <laughs> it came through just as i was hitting upload and uh and compiled uh, everything but, yeah
1: but see I, I don't have to deal with that because i had i do ro- retro roster so that is, you know that is the, the great uh, thing
0: <laughs> whether you're doing retro, retro seasons or, or classic teams it's in the books your, all your data is fixed it is not changing like perception of the 1996 season may change but the results of the 1996 season will not change you know
1: so exactly bill walton on the 85 86 celtics the his role how many games he played his impact will never change that is that is set that is in stone so yeah no i like doing i love doing um i love doing retro rosters and whatnot because you know what you're getting into every single time you know what you're getting into so there's always that certainty of you know you know what to focus on basically every
0: time i've made both and both are a lot of fun to make but that, that is the bane of a current roster project is that if, if you're doing it through the season and even through the offseason you're trying to add players and oh that player actually know they can we get a face for that player and someone makes a face for the player this has happened when i'm doing nba live rosters back in the day and someone makes a great face for a player and guess what he doesn't even make it through training camp so then he's just this wonderful face sitting there in the free agents unfortunately it's happened before and Thank you so much to all the people. You know, If you happen to be listening, if you have helped out with the NLC rosters over the years and with this new project, obviously, the 2020 season roster, uh, Maravich has just been pitching in. He's done a lot of work for, uh, I think, UBR and possibly URB as well with the faces, a fantastic face. uh, Moda, uh has been helping out a bit with, with some new faces for the 2K11 project. And wow, you know, you, you've seen what he's been posting in the forum. He's been sending it along. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting this out and really getting this... Uh, great update out and we're moving on to some other projects because i (laughs) you and i've been talking about it and i am kind of obsessed with 2k 11 modding at the moment because it does feel like 2k 13 and 14 are really taken care of at the moment so 2k 11 is that old favorite that's not getting as much love these days it's a it's a decade old now there's a lot of nostalgia for it obviously dom 2k did that video that's of the uh, 2k loves roster that's uh, drawn a lot of attention and it's been great to see uh, new people signing up for the forum welcome if you're listening and uh, check out that uh, guide to newcomers that i posted if you're having trouble with the uh, installing that mod but there is a lot of interest in 2k 11 at the moment so i I do want to get some stuff done for that because it's just uh yeah it's it's a great old game and it it holds up extremely well so it's and it's also a bit easier to mod than uh, than 2k 20 and don't have to worry about being online either
1: well a couple things well first off maravich holds a special, like his, seeing his name is special to me because when I first joined the NLSC, it was because of the UBR and he was active making faces. And I was so impressed for the UBR, um, on the UBR thread that I ended up kind of, um, you know, contributing a bit to, and his work, I was always impressed with it. He makes great faces. Um, and he loves retro. Uh, so seeing his name attached to that 2K11 project you're working on, it surprised me a little bit because I, I didn't Shane. know he had interest in doing new players. Because mm. um, I've always seen him. Oh, look, he's making a Rick Barry. You know what I mean? Um, so that was pretty impressive to see that. You know, and the thing that you said you're on a kick with 2K11, and and one reason why it's intriguing is because it's kind of it. Not all has been done to 2K11. Right, mm, yeah. Like you said, 2K13 2K14 are basically well taken care of. You have two really complete mods in the UBR and URB um, and all these college rosters and everything. But 2K11 didn't have a lot of rosters made for it. No. Uh, no right. and a couple of good one ones. Being updated. Yeah, some really good ones. I have the 91-92 one um, yep, and a couple yep. other things, season ones. Also... I'm kind of on the same kick, but it fell off a little bit. I'm, trying, I'm getting back into it now. I posted on it about it today. But NBA 2K16 wasn't modded much at all. No. Uh, no. Uh, and it's a forgotten favorite. People love 2K16. People talk very fondly about the game itself, um, You know, whether it be on YouTube or social, other forms of social media, Twitter and whatnot. But there was no retro roster made for 2K16 outside of my fantasy draft roster and i think it would be really cool to release a roster similar to what i did on 2K17 to an old favorite 2K16 um in a game that wasn't, you know, modded a lot so i'm kind of in that same mode but you're way more active with 2K11 right now than i am with 2K16 it's
0: it's interesting you you look at some of these games and it it really you you can see it's the result of what we had at the time because as you alluded to there resources did improve over time and some games weren't modded as much. And it was the same with NBA Live back in the day, that, that when there was less that we could do, there were some very popular mods, the NLSC's current roster updates that uh Tim and Lutz were or were um were doing and then there was a um I forget his surname, um he hasn't been in the uh, community I think since we instituted a forum, but there was a, a fellow named Ben, um not 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 our Ben, not 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 the other Ben people might be thinking of, but a, a third Ben whose uh, name escapes me at the moment but he was he was also looking after the rosters they took over the 96 rosters uh, from from Lutz when he stopped doing it so you would always have that you'd have some other projects as well but it wasn't until really the when we started perfecting all the tools and then we had all those tools for art updates and everything that remember that 99 to 2000 and then the real explosion from about 2000 when it returned to pc on 2003 nba Love 2003 through to 07 08, when we really had that golden age of nba live modding because we had all the tools we had all the people all the know-how to do it and people were really enthusiastic in playing those games it, it was different to even though was, there were was some great games earlier in the series not as much made for it because people didn't really have all the know-how all the tools yet and i think it was the same with those early 2k games you look at 2k 9 10 11 some great stuff made for them absolutely but it was really just a few people really making those big projects there wasn't as many people throwing their hat into the ring and I think when you look at 2k 16 being the first pc the second PC release rather that was a port of the x1 ps4 version 2k15 being the first 2k14 being a, a last gen port, the last last gen port for PC, being the second game that's that has to have been a, a similar situation I have to think where people are still figuring things out and it's not as easy as those last few games and we, we, and and I'll admit to it again my, myself here that the fact that those earlier games are easy to to mod, and we've got so many resources for them a great roster editor and it's very straightforward, it's more appealing. So until people get that know-how and those tools that really simplify the process, even experienced modders will say, oh, well, I kind of don't want to learn a bunch of new stuff, you know? And that's and that's also why I've not been into 2K modding as much, and, and why modding 2K11 has been so refreshing and uh, even nostalgic for me, and not just for the game itself, but back to my early days of modding, because I'm learning things as I go.
1: Well, look at look at the issue we're having with thundershack's roster so i'm working on that i think you we know we're talking about our mod what we're doing in modding right now i've made yep. um many faces so far for the roster that were missing or needed to be improved or like year specific versions like bald drexler and and whatnot um and i'm you know i'm converting a bunch of courts uh right now for ones that weren't accurate but we don't have enough people working on that project for the size of the project, mm. right? We don't have work to pull from 15, 20 people. We don't have work to pull from 10 people. Right now, it's Thundershack's base, me working on, um, which he did. I just want to point something out. Without Thundershack putting in the work to put the base together of assigning the courts, assigning the jerseys, getting players on the teams and all of that stuff, this, this, none of this would be happening right now. So he needs to, you know, I want to give, you know, a podcast round of applause for Thundershack for even doing all of that work. Definitely. Um, you know, but as him and I have talked, we've been talking a lot consistently. There's still a lot of things that need to be done with the roster. You know, there's a lot of faces missing. Um, there's incorrect courts, which we're, we're you know we're doing right now there's incorrect signatures which i'm working on um there's touch ups to the roster they need to get the guys to four teams to 14 but the like the 14 players so it works in my league as well but the problem is is we don't have enough people working on the roster and you were just alluding to that you were talking about how on 2k9 2k10 and whatnot there wasn't a lot of people in on big projects So basically, you didn't get big projects released. Um, And we're kind of... Like I said, it's kind of frustrating because that's kind of the way it's been on this gen. It it has
0: been, yeah. I I think the difficulty does play a role. It
1: does. No, no, 100%. And you mentioned tools, right? We don't have a Red MC or a Redditor. Things are more complicated. If you look at Thundershack and um, his thread, it's plagued. And it's not his fault either. But it's plagued with... Um, I don't understand why doesn't the NBA hook work? Why is this court not showing up? Why is this fa- like? Why is this player not showing up? Why does Reggie Miller look like a cheerleader? Um, <laughs> you know, etc. And you see that throughout his thread, and it's not because Thunder Shack did anything wrong. He has the instructions on his first page. The problem is, is that modding isn't as easy as just dropping the files in the folder anymore. Yeah, it's not as easy as just renaming a file like. Um, downloading a roster putting it in a saves file for offline and you know and in the tools are, are it's it just it, there's just it's more complicated so i feel bad for him because i got some of that same stuff and i still do with my 2k17 rosters but you're right that that does play a factor and the other part is not to go on a long rant here you don't and, and we've talked about this the landscape for retro modding has changed. There are not as many people in on it. Mm. There's not as many people interested, it seems, to do retro modding. And there's not as many of those people who are making faces back then around. You know what I mean? There's not like Amaro Wade and those other people who are making all of those faces. They're not. They're not around as much in the forums anymore, or they're not around at all. So we don't have enough cyberface makers. We don't have enough court creators. We don't have enough people, and it's mostly cyberface makers that we need, but we don't have a lot of Jersey creators either. So we're just, while NBA, the NLSC's modding scene is the best there is, we don't have a lot of people on big projects right now. We don't have enough people in the community that are going to make cyber faces for retro.
0: I have noticed that, and, and as you say, people do move on. They get tired of the hobby or whatever. They prefer to release something somewhere else. It's that's always a thing. you know. The political uh, climate of, uh, of the basketball gaming community can be quite uh, mercurial at times. I think that's two weeks in a row I've used the word mercurial on the podcast. There you go. It's a word of the, uh, word of the month, I suppose, for me. Um, if
1: if you, you can spell it on air right now, you'll get, you'll get bonus points
0: i can't be bothered i can i, can, I, probably, I probably could but i, but I won't um <laughs> it's i'm amazed that uh, with all you know how chatty i am that i'm actually able to uh, to say it without <laughs> messing it up anyway mercurial there you are but i had the same issue uh, for, with doing 2k11 projects because people move on so there's not as many people uh, playing those games although it's still enough to justify interest in uh and nothing, nothing to justify working on it. I would say, but there's not as many people making those faces. Obviously now, Maravich is pitching in. And others, uh, 2K Love putting out those uh, assets and saying and giving me permission to use those in the NLC roster is huge as well. Now, thank him again for that. So there, are, that that was a huge boost to this uh, to the rosters because I was thinking how many faces are going to be missing. Um, but faces are a big thing, as you know, because that's really what people see when they're playing. Jerseys are important too in courts, but I, I feel like uh, we you get the jerseys and that's just one jersey for every team right well not one jersey but the, the designs for the team for every every player on that team wears the same jersey they don't have the same face and that's where all that work is so and that's what people notice that all oh, this player has a generic face or a creative face or no face or whatever but the fact that people do move on from the older a game is the harder it is to make these big projects as well and it's funny that both the current game and the oldest game that we're really working on have that similar problem of not quite enough people contributing to those big projects. You
1: know what's funny though is you have more Cyberface makers working with you than on two K eleven than I have <laughs> and Thundershack has right now on two K twenty. Yeah. So it's yeah. how that it's funny how that works. Um but like you said, two K eleven is an old favorite. Um it's one of the most popular it may be the most popular basketball video game ever released.
0: Uh, um it's it's like either that it, or Street Fighter two
1: Right, exactly.
0: Um, An NBA Jam
1: in its own right. Yeah. But as far as like a five-on-five simulation, the hype around it and how it was received and how it's looked at today, I mean, it definitely stands the test of time. And I I also, I want to point something out, and this is my 100%, and this is why I say things don't get better in time, but always get better with time. I do think that the 2K11 gameplay holds up well with 2K20, and I actually think it has some advantages over 2K20 um And I enjoy playing 2K11 more than 2K20. So I'm not saying that 2K20 is terrible, but I'm just making a point that you know that game was released. 2K11 was released nine, ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago, this
0: year, yeah, it, it's a decade old. Gameplay
1: still So, awesome. um, so well, I it, see why it's, you love it's,
0: it. It's not affected by the online scene, if I can be uh, very honest about it. It's not affected by online balancing of course online play was in the game but it's not affected by the people that just want all kinds of cheats to be put in there for the cheesy uh, things you do online the cheesy uh, tactics for online play and trying to balance that it's not not an issue then it, it was really about making that nba simulation so it's it has that advantage over the, the current games which are trying to please uh, two very diverse parts of the, the demographic.
1: It's also the game where Jordan was the most Jordan. Like we had talked about oh, prior. Yeah. It was yeah. where his, his signatures and, and uh everything from the tongue you know, coming out and all that stuff. That's that's the epitome of Jordan in a video game. It's the best he's ever been and played and, and whatnot. And it's pretty cool because that's almost a decade ago when that was released and it's still the best he's ever been in a video game.
0: That so. and what what they did with NBA Greatest NBA's greatest in NBA two K twelve is ahead of its time so unique they did some really fantastic stuff in those back-to-back years there and those are great games the only thing i don't like about those games is that i do like the right stick dribbling which is something i miss and i can't go back every time i go back and play a game of 2k 11 like when i'm testing out the rosters or something uh, I'm guaranteed to put up a shot from half-court because I'm going to make a drilling move with the right stick, and <laughs> it's a shot stick, so up, up it goes in <laughs> the turnover. No,
1: but, so that's what happens to me with Live 2004 with the double shooting buttons. Yes,
0: yes yeah. you know,
1: <laughs> I'm the first person to, I'll go from, you know, playing games with just the, you know, the one-button shooting, and then I'll go back to NBA Live 2004. And yep. I'm short up a, a floater up from the three-point line. Because the, the, um, the modern
0: shoot button is the dunk layout button from that era. Yeah, it's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, muscle muscle memory, me... man. It's, uh, it's a killer on the virtual hardwood muscle memory. It's just, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know what, though? I'll say this. I can handle the iso dribbling, the um, bumper dribbling with 2K11 and 2K12 because the rest of the game is so sound and because you can still make moves um, and it can still look pretty good. I agree, though, that 2K13 was a good turning point for the series, and I've been playing... You saw I uploaded a video recently, gameplay video of that, and I'm modding 2K13 and 2K14 right now, um, still. But right-stick dribbling definitely was something that was sorely needed for the series, and I think it was you know, a smart move by them with 2K13.
0: It was huge, and definitely the right way to go. I mean, NBA Live has had its problems, but it's also had some really good ideas, and it. what proves they've had good ideas is the ones that 2K has borrowed, and, and in some cases improved upon and i think sometimes they in some ways 2k's dribbling right stick dribbling is better in some of the the moves i've implemented but yes 2k 13 was definitely a big big turning point for that but apart from that i do love 2k 11 it's it's a game i've grown to appreciate more over the years as i've gotten more into the 2k series and, and how it plays and how it feels as opposed to live and it's been really fun to do uh the funny thing is i i have a, a long history with roster modding obviously i've been doing roster mod since nba live 96 on pc and then i got a pc version of live 95 and went back and did some rosters for them as well so i've been working on rosters since i since the family got the internet in 1997 and i've discovered the nlsc then being run by tim Lutz and brian of course and downloaded all their editors and bugged them for information on how to really use them and 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 came to master it and uh you know at least i would like to think so i certainly mastered those tools and made some good updates over the years for for many years for live so i edited my 2k 11 roster with the uh maybe some uh inflated confidence because i thought oh, you know i've, I've done rosters for years i know how it all works and a lot of the basics a lot of the basics are the same but there is so much more if you look at attributes and animations and tendencies and so many more moving parts with players and things like that and a, a different file system and some different things with the creative player the, the, it's a different way to get around the creative player limit that you have to overwrite players. you can't just keep adding to the Uh, The database indefinitely, like you could with the DBF files, the roster files for 2K. That is Uh, not as flexible as the DBFs. And uh, we shout out to Darren. There you go. That's uh, (laughs) that's where they've come in handy with live over the years. Uh, So I've had to learn that stuff, some of that technical side of things with 2K, and that that has held back the roster a little bit, especially having to uh, to override players and things like that. But then about a week ago or so, a couple of weeks now, I think it was. I discovered how to blank out career stats so now i can overwrite anybody and not have old career stats there and i found out how to do that by complete accident uh, i don't know if you saw my tutorial in the forum um no i actually i did not so no, I did not. what i what i found out in 2k 11 if you have you know you know how you've got the play the historical players obviously and how they've got a uh, their age is hidden by default yep so there's the yep. two uh- there's, there's two flags there uh hiding the age and also whether they're a legend or a special player or a uh if they're a regular player or whatever a creative player in the in the roster file it's got a player type it's very similar to uh, to nba live and i thought i thought originally you could just change the player type from created to uh to original then just be able to create indefinitely no it doesn't work like that found a way around that which is to override players but i found that if you have a player that is set as a legend and you take off the uh hidden age flag it blanks out their career stats permanently even when you switch the flag back and that is so that's of, good
1: because it looks at him as a um as non-current right so it looks right, yeah. at him as and so it wouldn't no that's great i mean so, see it's that's the cool thing though about modding is when you stumble upon things like oh that. yeah
0: the serendipity of it you know that's that's why i love that story that darren told because it's that is how modding is that you do discover these things by complete accident i've been looking for a way to do that with red mc Apparently, you can do that with one of the trainers, the Chinese trainer for 2K, which I haven't used that for 2K11. I've just been sticking with uh, Reddit, well, Reddit 2, not Red MC, Reddit 2 for 2K11. Looking for a method, then I, I was working on the Kobe tribute roster and uh, noticed that uh, Jordan's, uh, Michael Jordan's, Karistas and Plank. I okay, how did that happen? How did I manage that when I don't know how to do it? Retrace my steps, realize what I'd done, and then okay, that's that's how it's done. I tried it on a different roster to see if I could reproduce it. I did. There's the tutorial. There's what I've got. So that's basically future-proof the 2K11 roster as well because hopefully either I or somebody who takes over it could update it for the 2021 season and I'll have all these players in the rosters that I can label. Overwrite me. Overwrite me. Because I'll have no career stats and it'll be perfect. Kind of. See, I...
1: uh... Yeah, and it's it's those little details, too, that make a huge difference. You know, I had an aha moment kind of with 2K17 like that. So I was in Cheat Engine, and I was working on my Ultimate Classic Teens roster, and there was a glitch in 2K17 where if the... You know how each game has a name bank of first names and last names? Well, 2K17 had an issue where if you... Let's say you created a name that was not in the name bank. If you exited the roster and then went back into the roster you saved, it, the name would be completely different. So if I put in a name, let's say he, he's, okay, Shea Seals. He played for the 97, 98 Lakers. That's so takes me back. Shea, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Talk, talk, talk Shea, about, about plays I remember because of, sorry for, for interrupting. Talk about plays I remember because of video games, you know, my ongoing WebEx Wednesday series. <laughs> Shea Seals, yeah.
1: Yeah, Shea Seals, and yeah, he didn't play a big role, but he, he was on the team, so he's on the roster, and you're filling in the classic teams, and you want them to be accurate, you got to put Shea Seals there. Yeah. So Shea Seals, um, Shea Seals is not in the name bank. His first name's not in the name bank, and his last name's not. So I'd exit the roster, and I'd go back in, and his name would be like Johnny Morton, or something, who would, I use that name, He's actually, he was actually an NBA player, but it would be a name that... Um, would it would just automatically generate a new name and Kendall, that was a Kendall huge yeah yeah exactly yeah um but we had like 20 names in the roster that would com- be completely messed up after every time we saved it and went back in and imagine a nightmare that is for a release um if you release a roster and people see these weird names on the teams oh, so sure. I'm scrolling through cheat engine and I'm doing another update within cheat engine. I think I was changing short length for a team and I saw names in cheat engine and I'm like, wait a minute, is this the name bank? And it was like in alphabetical order. It was like Aaron. And then it would say like the next name and the next name. And I'm like, wait a minute, can I add names to this or replace names? So what I found out, and this was by accident because I saw it in the name bank, I could use names that are not being used in the game, like um, for regular NBA player, or for, for, excuse me, for, like they're not being used at all. They're just in the name bank. I can overwrite those with any name I want, and it would make the name stick mm. in the roster after saving it because the game's recognizing it as part of the name bank. So that issue, which I considered large, I stumbled upon the fix by accident literally add names to the game's name bank within cheat engine and the game can't reset it to something else because it's actually recognizing the name but it's the it's those things like that and, and when you when you stumble upon it it's like a it's a huge aha moment and it's exciting
0: it, it is and first of all I'm, I'm glad that i'm not the only one who stumbles across these these things and it's when you're looking for that solution and sometimes it just you know it is serendipity again to use the uh... The word of the month or the word of the year so far with with that it really is and it's really is very satisfying when you've got that uh, as as much as if when you're trying to figure it out and actually get the solution when it can just be that that uh, lucky uh, guess or, or that, that turn of events that leads to it is just fantastic so at i really enjoy hearing about that because it's it's so similar to my experiences and that's why i, I love to doing this 2k11 roster because it takes me back to those early days of modding and perhaps that's the same way with you with with what you're doing with with uh, 2k 16 and 17 that even though you've been modding for a while having still being able to add a new uh tool to the belt some new knowledge is really cool and actually it also reminds me very much of live 95 because in live 95 they stored all the names as individually as strings just one instance of it it changed in future games that's why we were able to uh, 96 and onwards were much easier to change 96 97 then even easier in 98 with dbfs but in 95 you had to replace those text strings and assign the offset, which you could do in the roster fairly fairly easily. But you had to make sure that you had, whatever you were replacing wasn't going to be used. Because you know, if, if you try to override a player with um, with Michael Jordan or David Robinson and, and uh, Charles Barkley were also missing from that game, when you did that, you had to make sure that you were overriding and, and using names that were already there, and that anything that you overwrote was not going to you know be used somewhere else. So, uh, for example, I think I think, uh, think okay. Mugsy Bogues was was Tyrone Bogues in that in, in that game. So if you were over at Tyrone Hill with a new name, whatever you were over at Tyrone with, uh, Mugsy Bogues would also then have that, that new name as well. So you gotta be so careful. That's obviously what you're dealing with there, and that takes me back. And yeah, it's just it's just great to have that to be modding for so long, but still get that new uh, that new knowledge coming in, and those those eureka moments are very exciting.
1: Well some of the tool the new tools are amazing, like Luya um L O O Y H. Uh he makes scoreboards and tools for a 2K20. And he created a hook tool that allows you and this is the first time on this gem from my understanding, that and Thundershack's using it for his roster and I've been and I've been using um random file names and testing it out and it works. He created a um a hook tool That allows you to name files, whatever you want. They don't need to be part of the manifest. Um, So I could name, you know, prior to this, it would have to be a file that's in the manifest. So we would have to like find files that didn't matter as much in the game and use those file names or overwrite before. Now we can just add files. So I could name the wizard's court 2003 wizards.if and even though that file is not part of the manifest it will work in the game because of that tool that Luya um created so shout out to him I just I I don't I am unbelievably impressed with people like Vlad who created Run MC and Leftos who created the audio tool and um Luya, who created the hook tool, and Limnono, who creates the modifier and the plugin in and, and whatnot. These guys that are doing, and Greg K. Waste, who created one of the most important tools, 2K17 Explorer, yep. 2K15 Explorer and 2K16 Explorer. These guys doing this programming, and Trevor, I want to give a shout-out to him, who did like the Cyberface converter tools and stuff like that. I, I, they do some of the most impressive work. Because They're is. literally programming these tools and doing a ton of testing and and you know finding different ways to break into the game and mod the game and all of that stuff. And I'm just I'm I'm floored by what they're able to do.
0: It's it's the same with me from the remembering those early days of live. What what Tim Lutz and Brian and some of the other people who were making programmers, uh, some of the other programmers in the community at the time. Uh, programmers have always been outnumbered by modders, and modders outnumbered by mod users. That's sort of the the, the hierarchy of. Um, well not a hierarchy but, but certainly the demographic, shall we say um yes but they've just helped us so much that they've dedicated their time and, and obviously some tools have not been free now red mc and red 2 are both free so all that all that retro modding i think has taken off even more because people are able to have that fully functional editor that uh, vlad made free a couple of years ago uh, right around christmas time a great, one of the best christmas presents our community has ever had <laughs> quite frankly uh and, and it's really helped that modding take off and it's it's great that there are still people doing it even when the files are harder to work with and i th- I think that's been really cool to see that there are still people trying to put the, those tools out there and, and that hook tool you know between that and the the custom i almost said custom art because that's what NBA live used to use but the uh, uh, what, what do they call it the um where, where you can load all the custom files just dump them in the folder Oh, the modded folder. The modded folder, that's right. Just oh, that's I, right. I
1: folder, yeah, depending yeah. on which one. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, unbelievable.
0: Yeah. yeah, because we had that natively in NBA Live PC from 2003 to 2008. So it's adding that functionality that we had in the game, plus the hook tool obviously replacing the, the ability to change some of those file names, which we have been able to do in previous games, not on this generation, unfortunately. But it's it's uh, allowed that solution. It's That obviously allows mods to be compatible with one another so that you can load different uh, mods. And that that's something I'm looking at for, for my roster as well. What What do you do as far as future-proofing it and also retro-proofing it so that you can have multiple mods installed without having to use a mod switcher? All these things that we could do quite easily with DBFs, and it's, it's something new to learn. Uh, but that's all part of the process. I've been enjoying that and really getting to go back and mod a game that is so fantastic and and learn all these things that I kind of, kind of didn't for years because I was just didn't want to learn new stuff basically i was kind of getting over doing roster mods as it was for live and uh, and, and wrapping up that so yeah that when 2k modding came around i was kind of burned out on, on modding already but it's been fun to go back and learn and and, and just to see what people are doing with all these tools and do and, to, and to realize what they've been doing with 2k and especially since 2k hasn't had some of the easy stuff to work with like dbf files and and some of the uh some of the art files we had back in 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 the day because the other, the other great thing back in doing uh nba live mods back in the day was you also had nhl and madden and need for speed and fifa coming out on pc as well so there were things that were there were compatible files so if somebody made something in the nhl modding community or the madden modding community we could end up usually borrowing it and it would work so that's that's also another advantage we don't have these days
1: yeah i think um one consistent thing is making faces in like pro evolution soccer um and making faces in 2K are, are the same basically you go into uh, blender yeah yeah and you can use um you basically use similar tools and you know the way you do the textures and whatnot like you can follow a uh, cyberface tool um excuse me tutorial for PES uh, Pro Evolution Soccer and you could use that tutorial to make faces for 2K so that is kind of cool um as far as I wanted to bring this up because it's another aha moment where I almost lost my mind when I figured it out. Um, do you remember on two K 17, I figured out how to change the edit player background. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And I changed it to like a gold background. I put a hoop in there. That was such a big deal for, I can't even tell you. I spent like eight hours digging into the files to find that, um, failing over and over and over again before finding that file. Um, but it it's it seems like a little thing because all you're doing is editing one file, but it adds such a... Um, it's so cool to look at presentation-wise. It adds a lot to the game. Um, to be able to... Because how often do we spend time in the edit player screen?
0: Exactly, yeah. Oh,
1: it's... a lot. <laughs> um, whether I, can, we're I can relate
0: serious. to it. When I first made logo updates for NBA Live and, and realized how I could do it, it, it just felt so good because suddenly you've got that new... That new skill, that new tool in your belt, and you, okay, you don't have, first of all you don't have to rely on other people to do it. You know, if you uh, because everyone else has got their own stuff going on, so if you need to get something done, you know, you can make it yourself. It's more, it's less time consuming if you can get help. Obviously, but you can make it yourself. Uh, then when I made that hanger, uh, the recreated NBA Live 10's hanger in NBA Live 08, uh, I, I still that's one of my favorite mods that I've ever made because I'm very proud of that. Even though I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a, a court modder as such. It's something I'm more dabble with uh but it just turned out uh pretty well i feel and uh and yeah it just felt so satisfying to be able to look into those files and fi- finally figure out how to do it and look at some tutorials and the rest just kind of figure out through trial and error and and yeah it, it does feel so good you do get those eureka moments and realize okay i can add uh, you know, a few more tools to the belt i can do a few more things apart from just rosters and as someone who had always done rosters and said oh. Art's not my thing. I think I did a couple of conversions where we figured out how I can convert some 2003 faces to 2004 and just take out the textures and find a good head shape for them, and it kind of worked for that 95, 96 mod I made for 2004. I mean, that that was also another you know another uh, example of that, but it was never really much art, uh, manipulation of the textures, but the logos and the hanger, they were. And like you with the changing that, and, and I know what it, I know. I can relate to it so much. You, you, you talk about spending eight hours on it you have to find a way you, you sink that much time into it you damn it you're going to find out how to do it
1: i wasn't going to give up i could not give up yeah. at that point oh and the other thing too is and seeing it show up in game is everything yes just seeing yes. it show up. you know it's like it's like working on a car right from like you're you're working on a car and you turn the key after putting all this time and effort into it and it starts
0: that's, it didn't yeah, start before it, yeah. you put. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a technology.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you have that eureka moment, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" It started, and that's how I feel when I like that edit player background because you don't you don't know if it's going to work when you put it in. Like you, you, do you know how many times I turned on the game and went into the edit player screen and real screen and, and edit player screen and saw that my background wasn't there, mm, and cool. and how many time that i was disappointed before it was right
0: or oh, when something crashes and you <laughs> know,
1: oh yeah so, yeah moving and i just did a tutorial on this not to go off on a tangent but for 2k14 you know moving a team from one roster to another mm-hmm. um so taking a roster like a team from like a 1993 roster and moving it into my own urb ubr type roster i'm gonna tell you i, I spent all day in multiple cups of coffee trying to move one team and figuring it out myself a few years ago. And I, I, I must've crashed the game 20 to 30 times before the one time it worked. And it was all worth it when I figured it, when it, when it worked, when I was able to get into the game and see the team that I swapped into a new roster, uh, they're out there with their right uniforms, all the right players, the right court, all of that. It, it made all of that, you know, frustration, Worth
0: it. It does. It, it really does.
1: So I, I'm just. I I love modding. You know, that's the thing that I I wanted to say too. There's no. Some I, I had somebody say this to me, and this is to for people on the podcast that go, you know, am I going to grow out of modding one day or, or whatnot? How is modding any different than any other hobby? You know, there's no shame in in modding, and you know that's it's art. Yeah, it's art. It's it's, uh, it's a hobby. You know, some people, and I've said this on another podcast, you know, some people collect cars. Some, you know, some draw. Some people, you know, they have an art room. Some people do, um, you know, different types of graphic design. Some, there's so many different hobbies. Some people collect things that people have. You know, there's no shame in modding basketball games as an adult. And there's no shame doing anything like that so i just wanted to point that out because i've had a couple people say to me you know somebody at work said that to me too they were like you know oh really you're modding like you're modifying basketball games you're 30 you know you're in your 30s but why is that anything to
0: be ashamed of i mean there's there's people older than us who are streamers and and, and producing content it's it's one of those things where I, I, i think it's very pretentious and judgmental to pulling out all the big words today uh, to judge people that way to look down on people or say oh this is a, a childish hobby or, or something like that i don't think it's something you outgrow. grow certainly your priorities can change if you have a family children etc or if you've got a, a job that demands too much time to be able to mod or, or game you know fitting in any kind of hobby with other responsibilities. I don't think it's a case of outgrowing the hobby so much because you can see you might not be able to fish as much as you want when you have a family or 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 go to the you know play darts with friends go bowling there are things that you can't do as much if you have other responsibilities and those responsibilities and uh, change over time I I don't think you outgrow it Uh, circumstances will change you may get burned out on it that's that's what i say you may get burned out I don't think it's outgrowing it it's simply getting burned out or having circumstances change and priorities change
1: well, part of it is and I'm glad you brought that up. There's a misconception that that's all you do, right? So there's people that say, you know, oh, well, you mod, you know, why are you spending your time on that? So just because I have a hobby that I do once in a while and and I mod means that I neglect my family and that I neglect my job hmm. and that I don't have other th- my friends and that I don't have other things that I do. How is it different than any other hobby? Some people make music, right? Yes, As a yes. hobby, they don't uh, you know they don't do it to make money or anything like that so it's because somebody makes music are you going at them the same way it just doesn't it doesn't make sense it, it's um, one of those so- things
0: like gaming in general that's seen as a childish hobby and it's it's always struck me as i've gone into this 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 stage of life it's what we grew up with we grew up with video games we grew up modding video games many of us so it's still something that we enjoy when we have the time to do it and we don't always have the time to do it. Maybe you feel a bit burned out if you've been doing it for many years, as as we have, and as I certainly have since uh, nineteen ninety seven, which is uh, <laughs> very uh, overwhelming to think about sometimes. But it's not a case about growing it. And and I actually thought about that. And I'll admit to thinking that myself actually when when I was the year I was turning thirty, which is the year you turned thirty as well, twenty fourteen. Um, and just do I still want to be doing the rosters at thirty? And I reflected on that and thought, well as long as i can make time for it and i'm enjoying it it's, it's more about my enjoyment and whether i feel burned out on it than whether i am comfortable doing it because again it's 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 a hobby but but having said that the other the flip side of that is also the people who are waiting for mods also have to understand that it is a hobby and is, it also fits in around all those other things we talked about well you know
1: my brothers and i were talking about this tonight and you know this is why our you know us recording was a little delayed too um, because we were playing we were having our basketball gaming weekend like i talked about on other podcasts where the three of us were um you know tonight we were playing a season against each other on nba 2k17 using you know my modded me and my brother's modded roster and we were talking about this and my brother mark goes you know what's unbelievable 15 years ago on this date we were doing the exact same thing you know where we were all sitting in a room we were all making a lot of the same jokes and acting the same and all three of us were in the room and we were like you know what we hope it never changes right that time together and we still we love that it hasn't changed we love that we have our gaming weekends we love that we're spending time together um etc so you know the thing is is that um, you don 't change because people want you to change, and you don 't change because people think you're you know think a certain way about you um, and you don't you don 't change your ways because of that I think you do with what you want and as long as you 're not inconveniencing anybody else it shouldn't be it shouldn't be frowned upon
0: i agree wholeheartedly and and by the
1: way I just want to, point out to our listeners if you if you haven 't figured it out yet this podcast is always completely unscripted oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're we're completely it, it, I, this is one of my favorite things about being on this podcast it's kind of cool um kind of going off on on different tangents um so i just want people to realize that when we're talking about this that this is uh this is kind of a going off on a tangent but it's something that i think is important to talk about
0: oh i absolutely agree and that that is it's actually why we, re- we revamped the show uh last year to have this more informal format and not unstructured, but not as structured, and I th- think uh, people have been responding to that and it's very very nice to hear the uh, the comments and of course we appreciate the retweets and likes and uh, and shares and uh, and all that but yes I mean body this is what the benefits of PC gaming to to bring it back to a point we were making earlier in the show it's it's why we have often preferred the PC version it's not about master race it's not about looking down our nose at console gamers because we are both uh, we are gamers period, I would say. You and I, we play on multiple platforms. Uh, give me an Atari 2600. I actually pulled out my old Intellivision, which is from before I was even born. Saw that. <laughs> and uh, you can see the it on, tennis. My, on my Twitter. Yeah, oh, that's ten- that, the tennis game. The, you see, see the, the faces in the background, actually the eyes move with the ball. It's uh, For for 1980, it's a very sophisticated sophisticated game. Um, <laughs> but it does look very dated now. Putting that on a modern TV was very funny. And I, I don't even have a top of the line tv it's uh, it's not the biggest tv or the best but it's uh better than what the television was <laughs> made for so uh, intelligent intelligent television indeed now that we do actually have smart tv so mattel was onto something with that one but th- there's also mattel basketball i will be uh, nba basketball i will be doing that for way back wednesday at some point although it's not going to be original hardware it's actually going to be the emulated version on the ps2 ps of uh intellivision lives because uh, that's the only version i have and television games are incredibly expensive, so it's not, not something I'm looking to add to the collection at this time, not when I've got a, a version of it on a, a collection that was released uh, anyway. Um, yes, that's a very uh, very primitive possible game. That, that really makes you appreciate even the worst uh, releases of modern times, that one, um, as you might imagine. Yeah.
1: I started out with uh, yeah, but I started I started with NES and, and we talked about this. My my first games were Double Dribble and Bird versus Bird and whatnot. I I want I want to make a point though, um, uh, this is this is hilarious. So I just saw a screenshot of a picture, not a screenshot of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing, um, an Atari basketball game. Oh yeah, which is very similar to um, that tennis game. You know, it's the most primitive basketball that. You could ever play but in the moment when you're playing it at the time you are not thinking about how primitive it is no i will i will tell you that and that's what i think that's the hardest thing to explain to these people you know you were talking about um and we've talked about it on other pro- podcasts um you know expectations and and what kids are um, kids don't appreciate the old games the same way we do because they've been brought up with all of the capabilities of these new games. Mm. Um, they, I don't think they can understand what our feelings were like to play games like that back then. You know what I mean? How we didn't pick apart the games. Yeah. How we were able to jo- um, enjoy them at face value. We didn't care that the guys on Double Dribble had no eyes and they were all bald. Like, we didn't care about that. yeah. Um, and I just, I just find it, you know, when you shared that, it, when I saw that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar screenshot of him playing that game and, and you showed the tennis game, what the, the first thought that came to mind was, you know, at the time, that was it. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Cr- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's hard to explain to kids nowadays.
0: I mean, I, I put the Intellivision on It was really just something to do on a rainy afternoon. To hook it up and see what it looked like on a, a good TV or a better TV than what it was made for, um, I mean it's, it can't get much better than it is. But I put Burger Time in there. That's a classic, a classic I arcade Burger. game.
1: Burger Time was great. I beat that for NES.
0: Burger oh, Time's gold. I I tipped my hat to you because I got to, I got to level seven on the Intellivision yesterday when we're record, From when we're recording this is actually uh, this is going this is uh, going out uh, later than when we usually recorded it. We're a bit ahead on this occasion uh but when i when i was playing that on the rainy afternoon i i got to level seven and uh, but it's 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 very different because the intel have you ever played the Intellivision with the discs with the, with the with the disc controller
1: i didn't and when i played burger time like i said it was on nes and right, that game yeah. was that game was incredibly hard but no no i've never played i don't think i've played in television
0: in television the controllers look like a, a phone with a cord and everything and it's got numbers and you put it you got an overlay that you slide it in and then for each game, the numbers are then hidden by the overlay, and they've got the different functions. And the movement is a, a disc, and the disc is very smooth to rotate and change direction on. You can also connect uh, with a you can connect a joystick with a with a suction cup. You can even put the, clip that over the the disc and it, turn that into a joystick. So it's more like the Coleco Vision controller, I believe, or or an Atari. So it's yeah they were doing some creative stuff at the time and and they were obviously pushing things to the limit and and some of those old games they're very simple very simple concepts and sometimes weird concepts like Burger Time making a uh, big burgers with food coming after you <laughs> look that one up I think the uh, p- few people have uh, reviewed that one reviewed that one on YouTube and uh, various retro uh, series uh, yeah that's a classic very simple things and with the basketball games it was the same that we it's what they had at the time and you know we we made the most of them and those early pc versions of nba live of course we enhanced those with with mods as, as much as we could but it, it's yeah, it's sometimes it's not about power it's, it's about the the games that are that are being made and how they're utilizing that power and, and as we look at the you know we, we mentioned earlier that the specs that have come out for ps5 and uh, xbox series x and of course the prices to be determined we know it's coming out later this year holiday 2020 um, they, they've mentioned some of the exclusive games but looking at those specs, and, and you found some, and I sent you through an article as well, very similar. And, and people are arguing over the minutiae the same way we argued over blast processing with the Sega Genesis versus Nintendo when its Mode 7 chip and all that kind of stuff. And, and people love getting into that. And it's it's funny because console gamers make fun of PC games for ge- being geeky, and yet here they are arguing about specs like PC gamers. You know what I mean? It's uh, It's funny to see. But... It's really going to come down to how the games are designed and also whether they, whether they can deliver the experiences. and in basketball case in the case of basketball games on the virtual hardwood, things like micro microtransactions and the way they're built with the grind, that stuff I think is going to be so much more important to at least basketball gaming than how much rams in there because again, it's the same uh, storage space is very similar. They're doing the same resolution, the same frame rate these minute details in the specs that everybody's all the fanboys are arguing about and saying oh this is better who wins ha, ha ha the only way these consoles are going to be really worth it and make make us really enjoy our time on the sticks is to have games that are well designed and not these grind fest ridden games that we're getting because that's that to me is more important than any kind of specs because this is getting towards gaming pc level which is fine that's great it's great to see that kind of power but that power has to be used. With great power comes great responsibility.
1: I think um, it, it, there's a point to be made in, in, in consoles that have failed in the past that didn't produce great games. Um, you have like, um, or that 1. didn't last long in the past, like, you know, Sega Saturn um, yeah. and Jaguar fake 64-bit. Um, and and whatnot and you've had you've had consoles that failed for you know they've had the power but they didn't have the great titles and they didn't make great games and so they fell apart so no that's there's a great point in that um it comes down to the gameplay a game a game can look absolutely fantastic and not be able to appeal to a lot of people because the game isn't great so graphics aren't everything um and i've talked about this on the forum many times before um so that's one point with that the other thing too i i I was um gonna you talked about the specs this and we talked about this prior to the call the 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 specs for the ps4 excuse me ps5 are eerily similar to what i have for a computer um both ryzen processors similar um both radeon cards um for gpu both 16 gigabytes of RAM. Um, it's it's funny to look at a console and look at the specs and you can compare it to your computer, mm. uh, to your home computer. And I find that interesting um, because this is not something that I remember us doing. You know what I mean? I don't remember ever looking up PlayStation 2 compared to Xbox or no, no. something it's, like that. It's, that there know. was a
0: PC thing, you know, com- comparing comparing your computer to some another PC enthusiast who had an even better rig that's what you would do with on again on PC gaming if anything
1: yeah and now we're doing it with consoles mm. and like you said I, I agree there's mm. kind of that thing where they're like oh PC master race you guys are nerds you guys are geeks and meanwhile they're the ones on Twitter and social media saying ah, Xbox fanboy and oh look at these specs and oh listen that so yeah, that is kind of funny I,
0: I think once we get to the point where, where we're really enthusi- <laughs> enthusiastic about games, really enthusiastic about the power of the hardware that we're playing on and doing things like modding we're all a little geeky and we should celebrate that we should own that i think we we know what we like and we like it that's what it comes down to we're kind of geeky and there's no no, no harm no shame in that
1: yeah that's what my brothers were talking about tonight all three of us we were like you know what i hope we're like this 20 years from now mm. you know that's yeah. let's, let's not lose sight of that you know you know what makes us us, and you know what we enjoy, and and all of that stuff. So no, there's there's no shame in it.
0: It, it is funny how history repeats, though. Obviously, these console wars have been going on since Nintendo and Sega were dueling back in the nineties, when they were coming out with the ads: it, Genesis does what Nintendo don't, and uh, Nintendo doing. Well, all, I remember in the Nintendo Magazine System, which was the Australian version of Nintendo Power, it's people sending in. Uh, fan art of mario roasting sonic with a flamethrower <laughs> things like that so th- this stuff has been going on it's it's older than these generations it's it's perpetuates throughout perpetuates throughout the generations of uh of gaming and of course again we talked about things back in the day like blast processing oh 32-bit 64-bit there are always specs to throw around but it really has gotten to the point of where it is very much like pc gaming both in power and also the specific there's both the specific power of the systems that are coming out and also people arguing over the minutiae of who wins in what category and i think both systems are going to be really good i think it's going to be things like the games first of all the quality of the games themselves whether they do things like like being ridden with microtransactions and really grinding and things like that uh, exclusives obviously that's a big thing at the moment there's only been a few exclusives for both uh, platforms i'm looking at this list here playstation 5 godfall Xbox Series X, Halo Infinite, um, Senua, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. So a, f- a couple of them are being confirmed at the moment. Uh, backwards compatibility, the Xbox Series X, it does look like it's going to have a lot more compatibility, backwards compatibility, right back to the original Xbox, compared to the PS5's, the ps uh, the PS5's, uh, almost all PS4 games, including optimized PS4 Pro titles. So th- things like that. And, and also whether you're paying for the online service. For example, I'm paying for... Uh, I've got a PSN subscription, PlayStation Plus subscription, that covers my PS4 and my PS3 that, that a friend gifted to me. So I'm more likely to get a PS5 so that I can have that one uh subscription that will cover three consoles. So things like that. That's what's really, and of course, then you know, paying for that kind of stuff. I think that stuff is much more important, ironically, than a lot of the what's under the hood because both consoles have got a lot of grunt in them. Look at that; they're going to be pretty technologically advanced they're going to last for a few you know more than a few years the games are going to look great but what's the substance of the games going to be like what are the exclusives what's the backwards compatibility what's the subscription service going to be like and in cost and whether you can do it across multiple platforms like you can at the moment it's it's how that power is utilized that is more important than just how much grunt is in there because both of them do have a fair bit of grunt <sighs>
1: Minus, well, here, here's the way I look at it. Minus a major issue upon release or um, major issues with one of the consoles. If somebody has an Xbox One right now and they've been loyal to Xbox One, they're going to get the Xbox Series X yeah, and by, vice versa. If, if somebody's a PlayStation guy or they have a PlayStation 4, like you said, the, because of the sur- subscription or, or otherwise, they're probably going to get the PlayStation 5. So I think, um, I think both of those manufacturers know that. And I think that both, both, um, both of those console companies, I think that when they release, they just know that they have to release strong um, and not have those major issues. You know, I, I always have to laugh at, the, if, you, if you go on YouTube and you, put in, and you put in like Xbox One versus PS4 graphics comparison, <laughs> and you put the, and they show like side by side the faces and everything, and like they literally look basically the same. Like yeah. you, you can't really see any difference whatsoever between Xbox One and PS4. But you'll still have people in the con, con uh, in the con, um excuse me the comment section, and they'll insist that PlayStation Four looks better or Xbox One looks better, and they'll go back and forth. And these consoles, as you know, they're going to be close. We've looked at the specs; they're almost identical for both these new consoles and the graphical differences are going to be minimum so it's going to come down to one exclusives like you had stated two subscriptions people wanting to keep their subscriptions and three um who's going to make a if if one of them makes a big mistake that could turn the corner
0: for like somebody xbox oh. xbox ones marketing in the early days when they were insisting on always online and they handled the criticism poorly. they the idea wasn't well received and they handled the criticism poorly and i think that turned a lot of people off because at, at least at one point ps4 was outselling it four to one so at least very early on they, they dug themselves a hole with the way they handled that situation and, and you look at the exclusives as, as it pertains to our community i mean people don't just play basketball video games we don't just play basketball video games but as far as the basketball video games are concerned it's saying oh you know I, i'm enjoying I'm enjoying NBA 2K22 on my Xbox Series X. What are you doing on PlayStation 5? I'm enjoying 2K22 as well. You know, it's kind of... Those games will be the same and pretty much the same on both, on both consoles. I don't see those games ever being uh, exclusives. Not 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 a third-party developer like that. I mean, if, if Sony develops a new NBA game, sure, that's going to be PlayStation exclusive. If Microsoft does, throws their head back into the ring again, same deal. But the one thing I do hope about this generation of consoles, Derek... Is that we finally get loading times that are comparable to a PC? Because that was that's, that's disappointed me in the last couple of generations, and especially I was hoping for more of an improvement in, on the PS4. Uh, and it's I, it might be different on, on the Pro, but certainly I was expecting a bigger jump from the previous generation, and it just wasn't there. And, and you've seen it, you've talked about it, uh, playing your place playing the PlayStation version or the Xbox version of, uh, or I think no, I think it's a PS3 version of uh, NBA Live Ten on on PC. And how much quicker it loads, and, and things like that, and it's just, it it's no wasted time waiting around for a game to, to start. You can actually get right there on the virtual hardwood.
1: And it's not just loading times; it's cutscenes, the yeah. smoothness of cutscenes. It's um, you know when you're played they cl- go close up, and your player is running up the floor, or um, he's he's go, or, or he's at the line, or whatnot. It's not smooth on console oftentimes it drops to either 30 fps or just drops a few fps and you can actually see it um so i think what a big difference i notice with pc gaming is not only are the loading times ridiculously fast like it's not even close but also how smooth all of the gameplay is through all the different cutscenes and, you know, through the highlights and the halftime show, except for with 2k 20, because there's a bug on both console and PC. Um, but post-game highlights and individual player highlights when you view them in the box score um, and whatnot. So I, I definitely, and they've been both talking about that Xbox one series X for, and for PS five about how one of their goals is to make loading times faster. But, you know, not to sound like PC Master Race, but, you know, we've had that for years. Mm. And it's definitely um, it's definitely a draw to playing on PC.
0: Looking at those specs, they're both going to have uh, solid-state drives, which helps. Bigger, Also bigger drives than the previous generation had at launch, which is huge, especially now the games have to be installed. They're not just running off the, the disc anymore, although there is going to be Blu-ray, 4K uh, Ultra HD Blu-ray, up to 120 uh, frames per second, resolution of up to 8K supported, if indeed your TV or monitor supports that so again it's it's going to be a pretty strong generation it is an improvement on the previous one it's it's sounding good as far as as being having those loading times um the one thing i suppose the pc will still have and but maybe it will change is modding because we have seen things like uh, fallout 4 for example has allowed modding on the consoles to some extent not as much as, as pc and there has been some issues i think playstation had some issues with it more than xbox um but compared to the pc it's still very limited to what you can do i mean that would be the the other thing that uh, the consoles could offer i mean it comes down to the game and the license involved and the, who's developing it whatever but you know if, if consoles have that modding i mean how, how awesome would that be how awesome would it be if we could just make generic mods and, and share them between multi-platforms that'd be even better if we could do it a... it's
1: about to say that cross-platform, cross-platform. yeah and I mean, and cross-platform. you do have
0: Cross-platform online is a big thing that's I wouldn't want to see that happen more often but cross-platform modding would be amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so yeah, like let's say I make a cyberface for 2K21 on the PC and I share it via DNA and somebody can pick it up and use it. Exactly, like on the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X. A way to share courts and a way to share cyberfaces and and stuff like that. I I still think it's a it's a big step in and in a big need for retro roster makers or ro- roster makers in general to be able to have that My League jersey, you know, court creator in offline use. Mm. And how cool would it be to be able to have that and to be able to create your own teams um, with custom jerseys and custom courts in offline, but then also be able to ch- share those teams and those courts and stuff for people to use in their roster so um you know offline so cross platform and whatnot because right now we don't do that we don't have that people can share their you know their artwork and all that stuff in my league but they can't share it offline no like like you know for offline roster use um outside of my league so i think there's a lot we talked about this on uh, one of the other podcasts there's still so much more they can do with giving you know gamers new options and new ways to customize and all of that stuff and that's pretty exciting
0: you know speaking of that i was looking for something the other day in uh, in the in the options of of 2K20 is it actually possible to change the rules and turn the rules on and off you wait cuz i i looked in the options and i
1: <laughs> so if you think back So I'm sorry to interrupt you there But now you've got me thinking about it So I know that you can turn Select rules off In like 2K14 Yeah In 2K14 because I was just in the game And I accidentally turned the shot clock off So like I know you can do um, Do that
0: Because there's the, the foul out but, limit in 2K20 But there's no rules menu like there used to be I mean unless I've just completely blanked over. I'm looking at it and looking at it and went back and forth between all the menus the other day because I was trying to get some screenshots for a feature and could not find the rules. And that's that's a very basic option that we've had for years. But things like being able to turn off goaltending and 24-second shot clock and things like that, I couldn't actually find that in any of the rules unless I've just scrolled past it or something. And I thought, that's very interesting that that's kind of very quietly disappeared if indeed it has.
1: That is interesting. I'm going to have to check. Yeah. That's so far. Fu- Because I just recently was going through the, um, so, so basically what happens is sometimes I'll put teams on the floor and if like, I'm testing something out, like I was moving teams from roster to roster and I'll, for each possession, because I want to play offense, I'll just like choose, go to choose side, um, and just switch teams. And what happened was, is I accidentally went into the wrong menu and turned the shot clock off. Hmm. So
0: definitely could be done in the old games.
1: Like- yeah, yeah, and that that was in two K fourteen for the um, for the PC. So I know that that it was in those ones. But that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I wonder if two K twenty doesn't even have that.
0: It's unless I'm just overlooking it, which I could definitely be. Um, it, it, it's definitely possible that I am. But but yeah, I, I looked at it and I I can't find these old rule options that used to be. You know, turning off the shot clock, turning off backcourt violation, out of bounds, things like that. It's uh, it's either not as prominent as it used to be, or it's not no longer in the game, and I guess it's because they're figuring people are just either going to use different modes to do these things. But uh, yeah, I I couldn't find it when I looked, so that will be interesting to find out and uh, to just double check and confirm.
1: I uh, I remember doing that on NBA Live 2000 for N64, um, over a friend's house when I was younger. I think we turned off the rules um, mm. and just played like a completely arcade game um that was actually kind of fun but.
0: I, I did that in 2000 uh, for the uh, n64 because there was a rumor that you could unlock isaiah thomas as well by getting 15 steals which is odd because he doesn't hold that record of 15 steals it's that isn't even the record for steals in the game um so i turned the rules off and just got the steals by shoving um no you can't unlock him jordan is the only unlockable legend in the 64 it's because it doesn't have as much doesn't have as much storage space that is a thing but there's still some fake codes out there for those old games and it's it's something that's been never been cleaned up unfortunately so there's a lot of mis uh fake codes continue to get misprinted over these actually that's probably a thing i could look at for a feature but yeah there's uh there's some fake codes out there
1: rumors always exist for everything so rumors and fake codes and and stuff like that i think um What's cool about those older games, though, is, like we had talked about before, like unlock, like the actual unlockables, like for NBA Jam and, you know, using the mascots and yeah. and all that stuff. It was always cool to, t- like, I'll never forget being on PC and trying to get, like, go to, like, cheat code websites. Yep. And there were a lot
0: of them. There were a
1: lot of cheat code that's websites.
0: Where the, that's where the fake uh, ones were uh, be perpetuated, yeah.
1: Yeah, back then. Um, and I do remember stumbling on um, cheat codes that didn't work. And I was always puzzled, like, hey, why? How can they advertise this and it's not real? Or maybe I'm doing something wrong. But like you said, there were some people that you know put out some fake ones. So,
0: well, it's. I mean, you look at Ocarina of Time, 22 years old this year. Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time for Nintendo 64. There's still some people who can claim you can get the Triforce, even though the story is very clear that you can't. Even though people have dumped the entire ROM, all the text in the game. There's nothing in the game where you possibly can obtain the Triforce in that particular game. Oh, you can do it in other games? Yes, but this game has a different story. And even though people have gone through the whole file, the whole, the whole game, and looked all the assets, it's just these these rumors, you know, once they have legs. It's uh, yeah, it's like that old Mark Twain quote.
1: I'm still waiting for the uh, the cheat code that turns Slam City with Scotty Pippen into Slam City with Michael Jordan, because it would have been a lot cooler to play against Michael Jordan. TD. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like Pippen.
0: the... The, the supposed all the Michael Jordan codes. If you do all kinds of wacky things in Jam, it'll get to play with uh, with Michael Jordan. But of course, then we later found out that there are select versions that made it into a very few arcades and special custom versions where he was in it. But yeah, everything else he is not unlockable.
1: Yeah, it's it's just funny. It's just funny how the landscape has changed with that because you don't see people out there looking for cheat codes. What they're what people are looking for now is um, you know codes for my team guys. Well, like for
0: it, also you don't necessarily get a lot of things by playing the game you don't unlock things by playing the game you get them by earning vc or paying for vc and buying it so it, it's no longer that you unlock everything that's possible all, all the clothing options for example for your my player you, if you're playing my career you buy them you don't unlock them or maybe maybe um or you unlock the ability to buy them in uh, with real current with virtual currency or real currency if you spend real currency on vir- virtual currency but that's that's something that's changed that it's no longer about getting things that are unlockable through simply playing the game it's it's more about what you can what you can buy because because there is that in-game economy now and again looking forward to the next generation looking ahead to the next generation i should say it's it's something that i'm perhaps not looking forward to indeed not looking forward to for on that generation because i don't think until that bubble bursts and i'm not, com- not confident that it will it's uh until that changes, this is this is gaming now and it's it is kind of unfortunate and I'm hopefully it, it doesn't have the same kind of impact on the on court experience that it has at times on this generation, uh, although I'm not hundred percent confident of that either.
1: I don't I don't have my hopes up as far as um the, the virtual currency scene being, you know, any more forgiving, uh, nah. microtransactions, whatnot. I don't I don't have I'm not optimistic, also, about the gameplay offline not being hurt by online. Um, mm. You know the structure of that, um, so I, I'm not optimistic. I am hopeful because, like we had talked about prior, 2K20 does have some decent qualities. So hopefully they can build off that, and hopefully Live releases a game like we've discussed prior. Um
0: oh, definitely, yeah. But- and, and if Live comes back to the PC, you know, if that can be even more moddable, as moddable as the games used to be back in the day. If, if 2k can quietly make some improvements there and c- certainly we pass along those, those suggestions but they it's net modding is never going to be as high a priority as as other elements of the game for 2k even putting aside microtransactions and things like that there are things that they're going to look at before they look at uh, how how we, how we can turn this game into a college game for example not necessarily high in the priority especially when the the nba has to approve such things but I hope modding does continue onto the next generation as and the next generation of, of PC uh, launches as well, PC releases. And, and if nothing else, this is why people will keep going back to old favorites like a two K eleven, like a two K thirteen, fourteen, the sixteen, seventeen. Some of, now that we've got more resources and know how to to edit those, it, it's why that there is value in modding those old games because people do go back to them because they realize okay, we're not really enjoying the current game. We enjoyed this one. Ah, new content for it. This is a whole new spin. It's like a whole new game again, plus all the favorite things we liked. Uh, this is why people do, and us included, uh, mod those old games because there is still that appeal to them. There's the all the tools, the know-how. We can do stuff with them and, and make them fresh and new again. And, and I think that will continue throughout the years. Some games will get perhaps too old for people to really enjoy, especially if they didn't grow up with them. But I think that retro modding is... And even some of the older NBA Live or the, the later final pc releases of nba live there's still some interest there not as much as they used to be maybe even five or six years ago but that interest is there because people do love those games there's something very solid about those games and that and that we can freshen them up with new content and make them sometimes even enhance them what beyond what they were originally because they've got that new content or things that they couldn't include or sometimes we can even find a fix for things many years later that's always very cool as well uh, but it is it's why we mod it and uh, much modernness has drawn to an end obviously we will be announcing the winner of the uh, the contest in short order but as far as our own personal projects and even the community especially with a lot of people spending time indoors at the moment uh, we won't do another giveaway but how about we do a, an add-on april Derek? you know as, as, as just continue the celebration of modding uh, you know, right into april
1: i'm okay with that i forgot to you know because i was going to do it as a pack i didn't release anything in the download section Um, I have direct media fire links, but I didn't put it in the download section. So I guess I'm disqualified and well-deserved to be disqualified (laughs) because I didn't put them in the download section. Um, The other thing too, I was just going to point out. um, Yeah, I definitely agree by the way with, you know, continuing into April and um, celebrating modding and we're doing a lot more of it lately, especially with us being indoors more um, with a little bit more time to do that stuff. Um, But the first cheat code I don't know if you can remember yours, but the first cheat code that I ever used and I ever remember hearing about was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A start for Contra mm, on yep. the NES. Contra
0: code, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, and then it would be B-A select start if you were playing two players, and that gave you 30 lives, and that's the first ever cheat code that I ever um, used. So.
0: Man, I mean, I see, the one that I always remember is the Dunk From Anywhere for the Super Nintendo version of uh, Jam Tournament Edition, which is left right ABVA during the tonight's matchup screen it's it's the one that always stands out that that and a lot of the bonus barrels from Donkey Kong Country 2 is uh, what's what's embedded in my mind I'll always use later um, I think maybe the the first secret perhaps is the warp whistle in Super Mario Bros 3 that might be the first yeah. uh, cheat, yeah. cheat code uh, or certainly the first secret uh, cheat code uh there's the uh the, the blood code i think for the the genesis version of um of the Mor- first mortal Kombat. down up left left they right down dullard um I, I think that's the blood code that is a code that i know and i didn't even have it i didn't have sega in uh <laughs> in in the 90s it's um a couple of my friends did but that was that was just the one that was mentioned in all the generic magazines and in pop culture um it it might be that jam code is the one the, the earliest one that i can remember but certainly that secret of the warp whistle mario 3 actually and of course i have to mention this uh, many years later i did find some secrets and codes including the uh, sound test for bart versus the space mutants so <laughs> all my all my favorites back in the day had some kind of cheat or secret
1: every every week you bring up bart versus space mutant mutants i love it and I, jim I, sterling I, I, I brought up jim sterling jim Good.
0: sterling Fallout. that we brought up fallout uh bart versus space mutants super mario legend of zelda uh, I think we've touched on all our favorites. Tennis, you know, um, Pirates Gold. I I think we've covered all our quota. No, if... you
1: barely, but you know, that's yeah. not it's not necessary, I guess. You know,
0: just to. just to throw it back to the uh, the NBL finals actually finished after three games, is meant to finish after fi best of five um series, but uh, that that was called off due to the ongoing uh, pandemic and whatnot so uh the the perth wildcats kept their streak of winning in every year that starts with zero since they entered the league or sorry ends in zero rather so 1990 2000 2010 and 2020 they've also won another years as well but they they happen to have all the zeros so far since they entered the league in 82 so i've mentioned the nbl as well and hey if somebody wants to make an nbl mod for one of the games that would be really cool it's just a matter of getting all those art assets because again when it comes to projects like this Derek so many ideas that i would love to do for 2k 11 and may give them a shot after i finish the get the because that is the is to get the current roster done always ideas for projects but it's getting the art and getting the artwork in place and getting them as good as you possibly can and of course finding the time to do everything that needs to be possible and the having the manpower having the people contributing the art if you can't do it yourself or don't have the time or the ability it's um, it's one of those things that you, you can never stop thinking of creative ideas for roster mods i feel
1: again um we we talked about this. The reason why there's way more individual art creators than there is roster creators is because of the bear that it is to take on a roster mod um and to do it accurately um That's why you have so many individual contributors to their own work, like cyberface you know updates to like Kyle Kuzma, you know. And, a, you know, an updated hair for Dwight Howard. And you have people that, you know, and there's nothing wrong with people doing those things. Those uh-huh. are amazing. Yeah, I use, all, use all of them, you know, for the most part. Um, yeah. Or I dabble in it and try them out. But there's a reason why we don't have many roster modders. Mm. Um, and that's because of the time it takes to truly put together a roster mod and do it right.
0: And, and that being said, I mean, I, I always advocate for rosters. That's what got me... Brought me to the dance. That's what got me into the modding scene because that's what really, pretty much, was the only type of mod that you could really do back in the days of early days of NBA Live modding, the roster stuff, the current rosters at that. Or you do some retro stuff as well, and that's why I loved doing that, and it's what I've really enjoyed doing over the years. Current rosters and other projects as well, and why I'll continue to to do that. And and yes, they they are big uh, projects, and that's why. anyone who mods and is putting out work on any kind of frequency or even just one or two mods it's deserves credit for what they do and we need to support each other on this uh, I, I also think that no matter what kind of mod that we're doing we need to keep our ego in check uh there are certainly a lot of roster modders over the years and um you know you you and i know this very well that do get very they do get very egotistical about the work they make and, and sometimes it's kind of justified because of the project size but at the same time when you make a roster mod and you've got all the people contributing to a roster and contributing that artwork, people helping out with animations and and, and feedback on on uh, ratings and attributes and things that you missed out on, but certainly those people that are giving you use of jerseys and courts and and logos and all that kind of stuff, It's it really becomes a, a big collaborative project. Credit has to be shared all around. You need to give credit, and sometimes, unfortunately, you end up getting a bulk of the the credit the line show of the credit as the executive producer of the mod if you want to call it that and the person working on the rosters and putting it all together and certainly you do deserve credit for for all that stuff but i would not have been able to make all the great mods that i've been able to do for nba live over the years you know egotistical the great mods i'd like to think some of those mods have turned out pretty well but i was, certainly would not have been able to do all the you know speaking of ego and here i am talking about my great mods but certainly would not have been able to make all the current rosters as frequently and as detailed as i have been able to do and if there's any greatness to them i'd like to think i did my job on the roster part but the fact that i had all those faces all those jerseys all those courts etc and the logos even before i was you know being able to do the logos something i, I managed to do myself after a while but a lot of other stuff so much uh, to be able to make such a complete project and the same for this 2k 11 2020 roster that i'm making and other stuff that I'll be taking a stab at after that because people have uh, shown interest and in, in helping out and, and using those mods as well it it is a community effort these big projects and and thank you again to all the people who have sent me such amazing mods that have helped me to make my mods a little bit better if nothing else and certainly a lot better i would say with having all those art updates because i, I can't do it all myself and i, I think it's something that we should if, if we are collaborating on these things always keep in mind and, and work as a community and and always give credit where it's due and keep he goes in check.
1: Yeah, and uh we you know the two biggest projects, you know, over the years have been probably um or ones that, you know, have a lot of work into them is the UBR and URB and there's just so much work from different people going into those mods. Uh there's different Cyberface makers, there's different jersey creators, there's different court creators. There's um there's you know, uh I think like we had talked about, you know, in the past and uh you can see some credits on on both of those but you know sometimes 50 20 25 different people's work being Absolutely, used yeah. and you know without all of those people contributing those mods would never be released um because they need to have that artwork in order for make the odd uh, the in in order to make the mods worthy of a you know a release a, a release that somebody can be proud of like truly proud of so uh very important to see the big picture on these mods and to see you know to recognize all of the contributors and like you said, sometimes the head of the communication and the the person who advertises the roster, et etc gets all the credit um or they um are the ones who get you know get heaped praise on them um and whatnot, and a lot of times it needs to be uh, recognized that you know that that all the artwork like the, that that creator isn't doing and, and in a lot of cases isn't doing this job themselves you know what no. i mean so definitely something to keep in mind when you're on these threads with these big projects
0: so it takes a community takes a collaborative effort and once again thank you to all the people who have and continue to contribute to my projects uh, look out for that roster that's coming together especially with these discoveries that i've made and feel pretty good about making and you know, I, I i hope that the roster you know lives up to people's expectations because people have been waiting for it for a while i'll certainly be taking feedback on how to make it even better once it comes out you know I, it's one of those things i, I do think as a roster monitor, you do need to check your ego at the door you have hundreds of plays in a roster it's very easy to overlook details so any help you can get about uh, improving that or, or fixing something that isn't uh, quite right or to make something even better make it more realistic is, is definitely something we should do and it's, it's it's worth listening to that feedback no matter what kind of mod you're making but certainly with a big project like that where it's very easy to overlook a detail uh, all as you know all that feedback helps to uh, to point out it's, it's, as long as it's you know make sure it's civil feedback and, and you know constructive feedback but it, it does help to, to hear from somebody hey Uh, you you missed a a jersey number here or there or or look at these ratings or animation is is wrong you know because it's it's easy enough to do accidentally with a placeholder or something so it's it it helps to get that feedback
1: yeah it's very important to be receptive to new ideas too Um, maybe somebody has an idea you know maybe somebody wants a certain team in a roster or has a good idea to you know for you to implement into a roster you know so to, to be open to that and like you said, you know, with every big release, you're bound to have some criticism, whether it be about the way you release your roster, um, if there is a mistake in the roster, or how you rated somebody in a roster. So you have to have thick skin and to be able to handle um, those quote unquote complaints. So
0: and even to explain why you've done something a certain way, if if it is a, a particular choice.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you should be ready to explain yourself and why you did the things that you did with the roster um especially if anything is out of the norm
0: yeah absolutely anything unorthodox that's uh doesn't look right but may be done for a very good reason you know, have that explanation on hand because people don't <laughs> necessarily know that that's what you've done so it's always worth doing that once again look out for our projects uh, throughout the year and certainly as we extend this from march modernist into uh add on april just for a uh again we're not going to do another giveaway for for that but certainly a celebration of modding and and releasing mods ourselves is something we'll look to do i'll look to get that roster out as soon as i possibly can it's the end is in sight or certainly these getting to a, a beta release is, is inside and i'm looking forward to, to doing that and to also getting some other projects that i've that i've been eyeing off myself I, i'd love actually d to uh to take the uh the, to do some logo updates for the old decade all-stars for nba live to take take the 2k ones out of because they brought back the decade all stars the all decade teams this year in two K twenty, I've extracted those files. So I'm thinking of making logo updates for the older uh, NBA Live games for those decade all stars.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I, I think I told you this. I found um, I think it was in the two K seventeen files. I found so similar. I found like like the old um, like two K six two K seven all decade logos.
0: That's right. For yeah.
1: Yeah. and um, I believe the jerseys are in there too and I thought about bringing those into my Ultimate Classic Teams roster um, and using that old artwork from like 2K6, 2K7 because those games still hold a special place with me. Um, so very similar and that's really cool to to bring back um, either bring new ideas into old games or bring old game ideas into the new games. I always think that's cool.
0: One of the coolest parts of morning is why we do it, why we have all these... While well, we could throw around ideas for days, for hours at a time, discussing ideas we have in modding between us, I'm sure, and uh, that'll be cool to uh, to try out. Actually, now that they've now that that uh, person in the forum has figured out how to get into the files of NBA Live 10, I'd love to get that Warriors concept jersey that someone made that we got left in the game for 09 and 10 to, uh, to to extract that and put that in some of the NBA Live, or even a newer 2K game would be cool as well. So things that you can do, reusing old assets from games. I mean, back in the day, just being finding out that some of the animation files from March Madness could be used in NBA Live PC, taking it out of the PS2 version and putting it into the PC game. It's... I don't want to say modding is limited by our imagination because at a certain point it does get limited by what's technically possible, what will actually not crash the game, what will actually work. But certainly it helps to have a vivid imagination and you know, some people you see in the forum, will this work? Try it. Back up the file and try it. You know, This is how we discover things how i accidentally discovered how to blank out the stats how you discovered with the names bank in 2k was it 2k 17 yeah yeah 2k 17 the names bank and you say you discover this stuff and then you can share that knowledge with the community and you can make great things yourself and other people can make great things too and then we've got that knowledge there and the stuff that we didn't know was possible and it's been stumbled across and it doesn't make it any less satisfying to do and those mods less less satisfying to to make and to then play with so hopefully we're we're not alone in this as far as making some great things throughout the rest of the year especially a lot of people again indoors and playing games and modding games right now it's uh it's something it's not something you can get burned out on but it's not a childish hobby it is something uh, very wonderful we do in our community uh that being said we can all stand to keep our egos in check at times i suppose and even then, i slipped up and called my mods great but i'd like to think they were okay especially the hangar i'm very proud of that but uh yeah it's something we'll do throughout april and can't stop the ideas and can't stop the creativity, Derek.
1: Yeah, you can never stop experimenting. I want to bring, you know, there was a there was a mod that was created for 2K14 that added, like, James Harden stirring the pot and, like, other inf- um, animations, and it added, like, a Curry 40-foot mod where, basically, it allows you, instead of the half-heaving, half court animation, you can shoot a regular shot. Um, it blows my mind what you can do with some of these games right down to editing the free throw and shooting animations and adding in signature animations yep. um so like you said as long as you back up your files the 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 imagination can run wild you Bobby know what is, i mean it's, it's built uh, on
0: experimentation and yeah and that's why i said when obviously i understand people want to ask questions about what's possible but try try it and if you'll you'll soon find out if it's not and then you can say, "Well, this is what I tried." Maybe somebody else will say, "Oh, well, actually try this instead, and and help you out with the uh, help you maybe troubleshoot that and, and see if an idea is possible." But try these things and try all different kinds of methods of doing it. And that that is the the, the essence of modding. You know, the essence of modding is sounds <laughs> very pretentious. Uh, it, it is to 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 break open these files and find out how the game works and, and how we can change these things. That's how people figured all this stuff out in the first place. So. Some of the biggest contributions you can make. Again, I found out that how to blank stats out completely by accident. But as soon as I found out, I had to share it, and, and that's the important thing—not just sharing mods, but sharing knowledge. And that is how we can be continue to, to be a great modding community and do great things in our modding community.
1: Andrew's new book, *The Essence of Modding*, will be released at the beginning of two thousand twenty-one.
0: Oh, I, need, I need to get on that now. But I've got I've got a lot of articles drafted. Um, Already to to post over the next few weeks, so now I can focus on the book, the essence of modding. uh, (laughs) There we go, (laughs) and you can uh, look forward to the audio book, which I will also be uh, writing. So in just in just in uh, reading, I should say. So in case you can't get enough of me on the podcast, I'll be on the audio book as well, as I talk about the essence of modding and the uh, the the zen of modding, maybe the zen, the the essence and zen of modding.
1: And just because we love the Wizards Jordan, the, the the cover of this essence of modding book will be the Wizards Jordan.
0: It will so. be ask me. The only game, we can, <laughs> a game we can't mod because it's on PS2. So just, yeah, just, for, the, just for the added <laughs> irony. Uh, any any final words on uh, modding or the uh, the next gen consoles?
1: Um, I think uh, from a modding perspective, um, for those of you who continue to think about getting into it, as we've discussed, you know, who thought about you know, diving into trying a cyberface or trying to mod a court or a jersey or um and whatnot. I think you just need to do it. Yep. Um I don't think you should be scared. I don't think you should fear um not knowing how to do it because I think once you actually get into it and, you know, practice a little bit, you'll be glad you did. And um we could definitely use more cyberface makers in the community and um, more Jersey creators and, and core creators.
0: And just as a general casting and general net, uh, certainly if you want to uh, lend a hand with my project for 2K11 or Derek's project for 2K16 is the one you're working on now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, if, if there's anybody out there that wants to help me with 2K16 Cyberfaces um, and anybody that wants to jump in and help Shack and I and Shuajota on um, Cyberfaces for the 2k20 uh, th- um, retro project that he has the ultimate retro roster uh, please um, reach out to us or talk to us on the thread because we definitely could use some help
0: and of course so. you will get credit you will get the satisfaction of seeing the mod come together and, and, and being a part of creating something awesome and of course then getting to play with the awesome thing that is the the main thing we do like to play with our own mods with our own rosters because you know that's that's that is the rewarding thing that always should be the rewarding thing in modding is to uh to To do that for the enjoyment of it, and that that finished project, uh, that finished product that comes together, because it is so awesome to see those projects come together, and and then to play with that that full uh, full mod. And I'm looking forward to seeing other people playing with our uh, our projects as well, and and hopefully enjoying them. And and because it's always satisfying to see people saying, "Oh, you know, that's yeah, this roster is so cool to play with," and and thank you. And it's always makes you feel good and makes it feel feel worth it to put in the time and effort to uh, to do that. And Hopefully, we can continue, to do, can continue to do that on PC moving forward. It depends on what the file formats are like with the, as we go into the next generation, and uh, who knows with consoles what will be possible. But it would be great to see modding come to the, the, uh, the consoles as well. Cross-platform, cross, cross-platform play and modding would be amazing to see on the new generation. Uh, it certainly excites me more than spending money on VC. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. Leave it at no that. absolutely. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And if you and if you do jump in on those projects, not only will you get credit, I may mention you on the podcast and you also may make it into the essence of modding.
0: Oh, of course. You you will be part of the essence of modding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be part of the fabric of the community. We can go on and on all day with uh all kinds of uh, pretentious sayings here but maybe we'll we will, <laughs> maybe we'll just wrap it up and uh and say it's, as as always fun to talk about uh one of our favorite hobbies within the hobby of basketball gaming it's a, a sub hobby of the hobby
1: no definitely it's always good to talk about um it's always good to talk about modding um it's, it's fun it's it's a big part of the nlsc so i enjoy it
0: no question and hopefully you enjoyed uh listening to it as much as we enjoyed talking about it Uh, The podcast, of course, comes out every week where we talk about things like this and basketball gaming, all kinds of topics related to basketball gaming, so we hope you did enjoy it. Uh, If you did, we encourage you to subscribe to the show on various podcatching apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Again, the show comes out every week, uh, evening time, Australian Eastern time, so uh, look out for that. Uh, You can pull up the world clock, I'm sure, and see when it comes out, or of course, if you subscribe to the show on those platforms, you'll see it come through or you can keep streaming on the LLC itself. If you are looking for us on those platforms, search for the uh, search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. If you'd like to leave us a review on those platforms, it is always very much appreciated because uh, strokes our ego, just like the thanks for modding, <laughs> but uh, more importantly, helps out with visibility. And uh, yeah, we wanted to make sure that we're recording a show and talk about the things you want to hear about, so any kind of feedback is very much welcome, as well as topic suggestions for future episodes. Before I promote my socials and the NLSC socials, D, where can we find you?
1: Um, I'm on Twitter at D for three eighty four on the NLSC D for three. I'm on YouTube D for three as well, and I'm part of the NLVC. And you had mentioned where people are listening to us. Uh, apparently, somebody commented on my YouTube channel and they said they listened to us on Castbox.
0: Oh, so- there you go. I, I didn't even I haven't even submitted to that one, so I didn't even know we were there, but. That's, uh, that's cool. Shout out to anybody listening uh, on CastBox and <laughs> anywhere else that I haven't mentioned, but uh, it's anything else that's picked up the RSS feed. But uh, wherever you listen to us, whether it's on the NLSC itself, streaming it on there or any of those other platforms, we're uh, happy to have you. Speaking of socials, you can also connect with me on Twitter at NLSC. Look for me posting more in television photos. That's I know that's the content you come for, but uh, other basketball, basketball gaming stuff as well. I'm also on the forum, naturally. Andrew the very creative name there if you see that in the uh, the admin label that will be the the real deal uh, the real verified the verified forum account of me Andrew uh yes I am, of course Andrew NLSC the NLSC itself is on both Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC on both Instagram is NLSC basketball YouTube where we'll probably have to start putting up the uh, the shows I know you've been uh, mentioning that to me Derek and probably a good idea
1: no, I think it'd be great to get out there on YouTube. I think people would be more apt to um, comment on the show as well. At least that seems to be the case with other shows. So
0: It's worth a try, so look for us on YouTube as well. Of course, we'll be doing some other video content from time to time whenever it's uh, convenient to make, including making a mod. You can find us on our YouTube at NBA Live Series Center, our old name. And of course, give a look to the NLC itself, nba for everything we do for basketball video games, including modding. But yes, that has brought us to the end of episode number 317 of the NLC podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.